Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 21 of the Soul Forge podcast. I'm your host Sean again, it's still me, still here. So how about last week's episode about pop culture overload? Have you guys caught up on all your shows? I know I haven't. Right now I'm trying to watch Stranger Things Season 2. That's the thing that just came out this past Friday. If you don't know what Stranger Things is, it's uh, a show that takes place in the early 80s and it's on Netflix. And if you haven't heard about it, I'm surprised because it's all over the place. But we're not here to talk about Stranger Things. Uh, This day that I'm recording the podcast, it's October 30th. Tomorrow is Halloween. But this past weekend, we had, well, we. By we, I mean the Northern Ontario Expo. See, here in Timmins, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show previously, we have what's called NOE, or Northern Ontario Expo. And it's basically Timmins Comic Con. It's it's our geek fest. It's been running uh, seven or eight years. And for the last year and a half I've been on the board as well. Uh, I used to just go to the events and enjoy them and I recently joined up to see if I could uh, help out, uh, maybe improve it a little bit, whatever. Just just be part of things, get in the, the heart of the geekiness of the Timmins community. So on the 28th, which was Saturday, we had the fourth annual Timmins NOE Comic-Con Halloween Bash. Big dance. It, I think it was a pretty good success. We sold out the tickets, which is always nice. I think we've sold out almost, I think every year. I know last year we did, and this year we did for sure. Uh, the two years previously, I was just a participant, not on the board, so I don't really know. But uh, there was drama because uh, about an hour and a half before the party was to start, uh, that part of the city where the convention hall was located lost power. So Jason, our board of or not our board of directors, our president, he was freaking out and we thought we were going to have to cancel the event and refund all the tickets and bring back all the booze that we had purchased. And uh, luckily, about a half an hour or so before the event started, the power came back on. So crisis averted. And why am I telling you about this? Well, because I was the bartender for the evening. And I'd never bartended before. But back in the day, I thought I would be a bartender. I think this was maybe, well, I was still living in North Bay, so pre-2003. So maybe in 2001 or 2002, I was going to take a bartending course at the college, but not enough people had signed up. So what they did instead was they just had a one-night course where we got our smart serve. Uh, the board of directors for the NOE said, hey, who has their smart serve? And of course, I had my smart serve, and a few others did. But I was the main bartender for the evening, and I didn't get to dance, I didn't get to drink, I, I didn't get to have fun with everybody, uh, but I did get to serve a lot of booze. And that was all right, that was different. This whole idea brings me back to what we want to do in life. Uh, in a previous episode, I gave you a brief breakdown of the history of my jobs that I've had, and I was thinking... 
how does this uh, how does work relate to the soul forge how do we put our occupations on the fire in the flames burn it up shape that lump of molten metal and make some meaning from it well if I if I think about it in a broad sense, I, I think each job that I've had uh, has led me to try to better society in my own way. Does that make any sense? Well, let, let me uh, let me get this let me get this thought out to you here. When I was a child, I wanted to have some kind of a business, some kind of store. I wanted to be a store owner, a proprietor of a store, selling things to the neighborhood, things that made people happy. I know people don't like to spend money on things, but I wanted to have a store where you went in there, you handed over your money, and you got something with a lot of value. And I never ended up actually doing that. I worked at a lot of convenience stores in in my uh, early 20s. I think I mentioned that before, actually. Worked at uh, Max or Mike's Milk or Mike's Mart or whatever they changed their name to. And and I, it was an okay job. It was fun. It was a lot of uh, a lot of interaction with uh, the public. And and I'm not uh, that much of a, a social bug, I guess. Whatever whatever you call it, I'm I'm not much for that. And this past uh, weekend here, where I was the bartender, that was so much social interaction with uh, half drunk people that uh, probably enough for the next six months. But you know what I mean. It was the same at the convenience stores. And uh, the first convenience store I worked at, I worked nights. And the same regulars came in every night for their pop and their chips and their dip and whatever else they got. And, and I got to know them, and it was a bit of social interaction, and we uh, chatted, and, and, and I got to know the regulars, and it was nice. But it wasn't really a lot of meeting. I, I wasn't doing something for society, and I always wanted to. But uh, you don't always pick the job that is going to be whatever the be-all and end-all of, of your life, right? Uh, unless uh, you have a well-defined path, or you luck into it or whatever. But after after that, I, I worked at a call center for years and years. And, and that was kind of helping people because they would call in and they would ask for help with, uh, with their cell phone bills or because their voicemail wasn't working or they had a new phone and they had to switch the contacts over. So in my own small way, for about five years I did that job, I was helping people with a small aspect of their life. Of course, a lot of times I was just yelled at because, what's this charge on my bill? How dare you charge me for this? And a lot of people at a call center quit because they're being yelled at constantly and they take it personally. And the one thing I learned is that you can't take it personally because they're mad. The people are mad at the company. They're not mad at you personally. You're just a representative of everything that they're angry at. So when it came to me, I just let it roll off my back. I didn't really care, but it was it was uh, it was a pretty uh, crappy job, and the pay wasn't great. And uh, how, how do I describe it? It was uh, for the last six months of that job. It took everything in me just to get out of the bed in the morning and go to work because I grew to hate that job. And, and maybe it didn't help me very much because I was uh, in the process of turning thirty. And so for about six months before I turned 30, I was, I was just, I was miserable because I wasn't where I wanted to be in life. I didn't really feel like I was being productive in society. And so the first opportunity I got to get out of there, I did. And I went to Home Depot. I thought that would be great because I was going to be the delivery coordinator to get people their orders and make sure they got delivered on time. And I was going to make sure that everything was done on time and on schedule and exactly how it needed to be done. But uh, I was dealing with other people in the business and uh, schedules and, and whatnot. And it was the worst job ever. It was 
just garbage. I wasn't actually helping people. I was actually just whatever the store needed. Hey, Sean will do that for you. Oh, Sean's doing that. Well, never mind. He can uh, he can do this for you instead, or he can do that, or or Sean go here. Sean do this. Oh, our cart boy is uh, off sick today, so can you go get some carts out of the parking lot? I didn't really have a, my job to do. I had everybody's job to do, and that was horrible. But then I got a call to work at. Uh, the post office. So I went in for the interview and I got hired and I did that and I thought that was going to be fantastic because I was going to be bringing people their mail and that's an essential service for society. Meh, I guess it is, but no. So none of these jobs that I've had have actually helped society in any way whatsoever. But I think there's been a definite progression. The convenience stores... I, I was helping people get their snacks at midnight. Call center, I was helping people figure out their bills and help figure out their phone and, and get that part of their life up and running again. So that was great. And then uh, delivering the mail and bringing them their parcels. And everybody, all the old people, love to get their mail. They look forward to it. I, I can't tell you how many people I see standing at the window waiting for me to come by. Oh, good, you're here. I've been waiting for this all day. And, and that's what they do. They actually just stand there and wait for their mail. And the 30 seconds or whatever they talk to me is the highlight of their day. Not because it's me, but because they're lonely and they're old and their family doesn't come to visit and whatever. There was actually one guy. This was a few years ago. He, he didn't have any family. And uh, he would offer me a Pepsi. He said, hey, how would you like to come in for Pepsi? So I did every once in a while. And uh, we'd sit there and watch The prices Right and chat for 20 minutes. It, uh, it slowed my day down, and I didn't get to finish as early as I would normally like to. But it was, it was nice to, to chat with the old guy and uh, learn a little bit about him. And uh, he had all kinds of stories about the neighborhood and his, uh, his buddies that he would visit at the bar in the uh, afternoon sometimes. And uh, whatever it was, I can't remember. That was a few years ago. But it was, it was nice, and uh, especially on a hot day, it was nice to have a, have a cold Pepsi and just sit in the air conditioning house. And I think that's maybe why I also do podcasts. Like, you guys know that I also host uh, or co-host the Rusted Robot podcast, all about geeky stuff. It's uh, audio entertainment. And, and I listen to, the, to free audio entertainment podcasts while I deliver the mail. For me to give back, I do podcasts as well. And as you know, podcasts are free. Well, for the most part, unless you're one of those uh, big shot entertainment guys who keep their stuff behind a paywall or if they've got so many episodes out and... Uh, the other ones you have to pay for because they're older and archived. I don't, I don't do that. I just leave, leave all my stuff out for free because nobody's going to pay for it anyway, and it doesn't matter. It's not for the money. I don't do it for that. It's because I like to listen to podcasts, and I'm trying to put out a quality product that other people can enjoy as well. So that's partly giving back, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things. I don't know if it matters. I don't know if anybody knows anything about the grand scheme of things, but who cares, right? We do what we do because we love it, and that's good enough, I think. If you are loving this podcast, if you're loving this podcast, you should tell a friend about it. Spread the word about podcasts you think they would enjoy. There's something for everyone from entertainment and lifestyle to news and politics and more. Share it on social media. Believe it or not, some people don't know how great podcasts are or even how to find and listen to them. You can help change that with a click. Tell your friends about your favorite podcast. Thanks for spreading the word. So anyway, that's where I stand on the issue of trying to improve society in my own small way. But now I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it's like to deliver the mail. Now this may surprise a lot of you because 
before I applied at the post office, I had no idea either. Working at the post office consists mostly of taking paper and putting it from one box into another. So how does that work? Well, when I get there in the morning, I have a desk with streets on it and house numbers, and you have to sort all the uh, mail for your particular route into this case. But to start with, you have to go around the, uh, the plant and you pick up your particular route number's mail from different boxes. So you pick up the magazines, you pick up the letters, you pick up the parcels. And all this stuff are in boxes or tote type things like trays. And so you pick that up and you bring it to your desk. And then you take the, the mail from the box and you put it on your desk. And then you put it into the little slots or small boxes. And the whole case is a great big box with slots in it. You're taking the mail from the slot, putting it in the other slot, and then when your uh, your day is done, you've got all your mail. Your morning's done, I should say. Then you have to tie it all out in the w walking order, and you have to put in little flasher cards for your parcels because that doesn't go in with the mail because they're too big, so that they get carried on the side in your bag, your mail bag. And so what you do is you take all the mail out in your route and you tie it up, and you put it in bundles, and you elastic it, and then you take all that bundle for that particular walking section, you throw it in a bag, and you put a tag on it, goes on a cart. And then other guys take your bag of mail and put it into a big gray box outside on the street. You probably do that anywhere from four to eight times, You have because you don't just have your mail for the day with you when you start. You have some mail, you put it in your bag, you start walking your route, and then when you run out, by that point, you've reached your relay drop box. That's what those big gray boxes on the corners are called, relay boxes. So you go there, and hopefully by the time you get there, the guys in the vans who take your mail out there for you have put the bag in the big box. So then you take the uh, bag out of the big box and you put the mail in your mail bag and you keep walking and you keep putting it and then you go and you put it in there in your customers mail boxes. So that's all it is. It's uh, paper pushing. It's pushing paper from one box to a bag to a box to another box and so on and so forth for uh, anywhere from six to eight hours a day. Now some surprising things about the mail is that it is dirty. You wouldn't think that it is but letters magazines they they get uh, moved from truck to plant to box to wherever and and it's filthy your your hands are uh, almost black by the end of the day and the mail is heavy and the flyers that you get weigh a ton uh today i just delivered a bunch of canadian tire catalogs and each one was 302 grams i believe which is almost three quarters of a pound. And I had to do uh, 600 and some of those today. Plus the mail, plus the parcels, plus the magazines. So the mail is heavy and we're always sore. And we go through a lot of shoes. So that's basically what uh, being a mailman is. Or as I like to say, I'm a mail escort because I escort the mail from one place to another. And that's it. That's what, that's what it is. It's, uh, at first, when I first started being a mailman, I thought it was a lot of fun because I would make a game out of it. I would uh, time how long it took me to get from one box to the next box out on my route. If I could do it quicker than the previous day, then I won. That's how I thought of it in stages, moving from one relay box to the next relay box. But uh, I've been doing it for like 10 years, so it's it's lost its joy. It's not too much fun anymore. And I would love to have some kind of other job where, you know, maybe I, I own a store, 
my host, my co-host on the uh, the Rusted Robot, we talked about opening up a store of some kind. His uh, his wife and his sister-in-law actually own the comic book shop in town, Jump City Comic Books, and that's what I wanted to do. Years ago, I actually got a business license, and I was going to open up my own comic book shop here in town called the Rusted Robot, and I was going to sell comics and T-shirts and collectibles and you name it, I would sell it. But I, I didn't have the money, and I wasn't brave enough to go get a loan. So I never ended up doing that. But that's what I would have loved to do. So uh, I'm glad there's one in town, and it's uh, a lot of fun. And I sell some of my stuff there. So it's okay. It's not bad. It's I'm not doing what I want to do, but I'm making a decent living. And maybe one day I will uh, transition into another job that I actually really love. Because they always say, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. I don't know if that's true or not, because I've never actually been there. But it's a nice thought, isn't it? So anyway, that's my story about careers and jobs and the search for meaning. Hey, do you have a similar story? Or are you working in a job that you actually love? That would be awesome. Why don't you tell me about it? Send an email to us here. Or, well, actually, it's not to us. It's just to me. Uh, I, I keep saying to us because on the other podcast, that's how I talk. And I've been doing that for almost four years, so it becomes a habit. But I'm aware of what I'm doing, so that's another important aspect. Always be aware. Self-awareness is important. Soulforgepodcast at gmail.com Or, of course, you can tweet us, tweet me, at soulforgepod. And what I'm going to do is, uh, a couple weeks ago, I came across a great little clip of Peter Dinklage, who plays Tyrion Lannister on Game of Thrones, and he was doing some kind of a commencement speech or something, talking about jobs and meaning and really going for what you believe in in your life. So I'm going to leave that with you here, but I want to thank you for listening to episode 21, and if you would care to leave a five-star review in the iTunes store or the Apple Podcast store or whatever they're calling it now, that would be fantastically great. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And remember, imagine a new story for your life and start living it. I hated that job, and I clung to that job. Ten years in a place without heat, six years at a job I felt stuck in. Maybe I was afraid of change. Are you? When I was 29, I told myself, the next acting job I get, no matter what it pays, I will, from now on, for better or worse, be a working actor and now I didn't have either the internet or a cell phone or a job but something good happened I got a low-paying theater job in a play called Imperfect Love which led to a film called 13 Moons with the same writer which led to other roles which led to other roles and I've worked as an actor ever since I didn't know that would happen at 29 walking away from data processing I was terrified, but this made me very hungry, literally. (laughs) I couldn't be lazy. Now, I tell this story because the world might say you are not allowed to yet. Please, don't even bother asking. Don't bother telling the world you are ready. Show it. Do it. Trust me. A rhythm sets in. Just try not to wait until, like me, you're 29 before you find it. 
And if you are, that's fine too. Some of us never find it. But you will. I promise you. Raise the rest of your life to meet you. Don't search for defining moments because they will never come. The moments that define you have already happened. And they will already happen again. Don't wait until they tell you you are ready. Get in there. I waited a long time out in the world before I gave myself permission to fail. What did Beckett say? Ever tried, ever failed. No matter. Try again. Fail again. Fail better. The world is yours. Treat everyone kindly and light up the night. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast with Sean Vanderloo. If you'd like to contact the show, email us at soulforgepodcast at gmail.com. We are Soul Forge Pod on Twitter. You can follow Sean on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. Please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. To support the show for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash Darth Vaderloo. Thanks for visiting the Forge. We will see you for the next episode.